Hey guys, I'm Ashley, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Paychecks, the podcast that explores different careers so you can find your dream job. On today's episode, Peter dives into the intricate world of tattoo artistry with Rachel, whom I go to personally. She is undoubtedly one of the most amazing women and most talented tattoo artists I've ever met in my entire life. Um, Really, she's awesome. I'm a fangirl, but everything I say is true. (laughs) Anyways, um, today she gives us an inside look at her daily creative process, inking meaningful designs, and what it's like being a shop owner. So whether you're a seasoned professional wanting to get into the field or just curious, you're in for a treat. Get ready to be inspired, informed, and entertained as we embark on another episode of Beyond the Paychex. Um, how are you? How are you doing? How is everything at the tattoo shop? It's it's great. Yeah, super busy, and yeah, we're just kind of winding down for from the summer season and getting ready for fall and then winter. So yeah, yeah it's it's going really well. Sweet. It's I would imagine summer is a bit slow. No. No, really? it's actually it's actually busy. Summer is our busy season. Oh really. Um, yeah, people, I, I don't know exactly what the psychology of that is, but yeah. I I don't know if it's that people are wearing clothes for the summer so they can see. see their skin more or what it is, or if it's people traveling to Colorado for the season, I don't know, but summer tends to be our busier time and things slow down in the winter. Yeah, yeah, maybe I got my tattoo right here in the summer too i don't know if you see it yeah but oh that's sick i got this maybe two three years ago um anyway but i got it in summer too i'm not i didn't think about that in that way i just got it i live in um new orleans so it's always hot here so it doesn't yeah (laughs) doesn't matter (laughs) it doesn't matter what season it's always always hot yeah so (laughs) Yeah, so um, my name is Rachel, and I've been involved in the tattoo scene for a long time, um, but I've been tattooing for the last five years, and I've been a shop owner for the last year. Awesome. So what, what's your tattoo owner? So this is a question not everybody knows, but why do people hire you? Like, Why do people come in and say, hey, I want a tattoo. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's a little <laughs> more straightforward, but in your in your words, like why do people hire you? Uh tattooers in general or me specifically? I guess tattooers in general or you, either or. Yeah, for sure. So I mean tattooing is a really difficult craft. And so, you know, they're especially during the pandemic during lockdown, a lot of people were trying to tattoo themselves in their houses. And I know this because they came to me after lockdown ended to cover up their mistakes. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. um, it's a very, very difficult thing to do without years and years of practice and experience. So looking for somebody who not only knows the actual technique and the, the craft of tattooing, but Um, how certain designs can translate onto skin and the knowledge of what it takes to sort of execute that with longevity in mind since human beings age and our skin ages with it then you know that's part of our expertise is what people hire us for so that's why people come to tattooers to get tattoos is you know also because it is a sort of pseudo medical procedure. So when you're dealing with open wounds and blood, it's it's important to to take that in mind and to be able to do something safely, especially if your own health is something that you're concerned mm-hmm. with, which it should be for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for me specifically, I've really worked hard to cultivate and curate a space that is safe for people to come and get tattooed, particularly people in marginalized groups and, um, you know, different, different body types, different, you know, genders, sexualities, you know, different races that aren't necessarily the standard, you know, 
conservative white person <laughs> to get tattooed. And so we make our, our spaces really gentle and welcoming. And it's important to me that people feel safe in the space that I've created. So um, that, you know, that type of care and, um, and just regard for, you know, consent and giving people the tattoos they want, not necessarily the tattoos that I want to do, but giving people the tattoos they want and, you know, just being really careful of, of knowing that this is someone's body and they're being vulnerable with you and that a lot of people, especially um, people in minority groups kind of across the board can be mistreated by the industry as a client. So it's important to me that everyone feels safe in my space. And so that, you know, that word travels and people who want to be tattooed in a safe place or might not even know that that's a thing that they can have, then hear about it from their friends or family. And then they, you know, come to my space and see how open and kind we are and then want to come back. Awesome. So what are a couple of reasons that your clients are getting a tattoo? Is it because they want to remember someone? I know there's that, but in your experience, what are like one of the big reasons they, they, they're thinking of getting a tattoo? For sure. So there's definitely a lot of like, a lot of umbrellas, why people would want to get tattooed. Um, my clients in particular, are very interested in, um, you know, immortalizing an event, not even, I wouldn't even say like a person, but like an event that has happened in their lives. So that could be loss. It could be losing um, a friend or family member or, you know, a pet or something like that. Um, but it also could be a celebration of, you know, completing um, a degree in school. It could be celebrating, separating from an abusive partner. And, you know, so that's one reason why people really like to immortalize moments. So not even, so, you know, that would include the loss of a person that they care about under that umbrella in the, you know, immortalizing an event. And then some people want to get tattooed just because they want to feel more autonomous in their bodies and tattooing is a way that people can do that very very like inexpensive in comparison to like plastic surgery or something um, that type of modification that requires a lot more thought and is like a major surgery and costs a lot of money tattooing is a way that people can kind of reclaim their bodies when you know especially like, you know, marginalized groups and things are often told that their bodies don't belong to them or that their bodies are not welcome. And so having, getting tattooed is a way that the person who's getting it can say, no, this actually belongs to me and it is okay. And I own this, um, especially insecure um, places on the body. So a lot of people who are insecure with a certain part of themselves will get tattooed over that area to sort of reclaim that part to be their own or to just feel a different way about it. Sometimes that can be scar tissue um, or it can just be a general part of them that they're not comfortable with. And so tattooing can be used for that purpose as well. Yeah, that's fascinating. Um, I didn't even, even realize all those or thought about all those are possibilities yeah so, totally yeah so we know what you why people hire you now i was wondering if you can go into your day-to-day -day. um you essentially own like a small business a tattoo store versus someone who is maybe someone who would maybe rent a little spot can you go into a little bit detail your day-to-day -day as a tattoo shop owner yeah absolutely so i have very very long days very <laughs> Um, very intensive days being, I, I would assume being a small business owner in general is a lot of, a lot of work that you're not being directly paid for. 
since I have only owned a tattoo shop and I haven't owned another type of small business, I couldn't say that for sure. But um, basically my day starts at, uh, well, my working day starts at about 8 a.m. And I start looking through my messages and emails and seeing if I have any anything particularly pressing that I need to look at. And um, then I will get to my shop an hour early before my first appointment so that I can open everything, make sure there's no problems and there's no power outages. There's no issues with anything with the building that would require me to cancel my appointments for the day or something. So I like to get to the shop early and then I'll set up for my for my appointments sort of like one after another throughout my whole day and mm -hmm. sort of like intermixed in there when I have breaks, I'll do sort of the more behind the scenes stuff. So answering emails from clients, making sure bills are paid, making sure things are kept up to date with the um, with you know taxes and keeping track of income and keeping track of stock so taking inventory and um so that's kind of like throughout the day is sort of scattered with the behind the scenes stuff that we have to do and i usually will finish my day at like six or seven thirty and then I have to clean everything, clean the whole shop, um, shut everything down, and then I'll head home for the night. So my days are usually like 12 hour days, like 10 to 12 hour days. And um, a lot of that is just the, the stuff that it takes to run the business that isn't directly the tattoo portion. So that's something that like not a whole lot of people see and they don't need to like it's not it's not their job like it's not clients jobs to know what it takes to run the business but there is a constant amount of work that needs to be done. Mm -hmm. So um yeah I mean social media marketing um you know keeping keeping track of also education like seeing what other types of products are out there other techniques um you have to be really lost in the sauce of the tattoo world <laughs> to to be a shop owner or to be like fully in the industry i mean even when i get home i'll like watch youtube videos about tattoo techniques because i just love it yeah. I just love to learn about it. And yeah, so um, it's it's a pretty taxing job. It's pretty like you're kind of on point for, I mean, at least 10 hours a day. That's like kind of what I've seen with myself and my um, my like colleagues in the industry is it's pretty much a 10 hour day job. I see. So the it looks like you do have some employees. Are they like renting out your boots or is that like, are you guys charging um, yeah. at that? Or can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, if someone, for sure. If, some, if someone was to, if someone's a tattoo artist, hey, I want to work for you, um, Rachel. <laughs> How would I go about <laughs> doing that? Yeah, so um, what, what I would do personally with them is I would start with a, guest spot so i would have them tattoo at the shop for a couple of days before like deciding if they're a good fit since you're spending so much time together mm -hmm. um then it's it's really you know 10 hour days 12 hour days together with these people it's important that everyone is getting along so that's why i will usually start with a guest spot sort of situation just like test things out see if everyone is happy with you know the flow is good and the the feelings are good and all that stuff but um then tattooers are technically independent contractors so everyone who is at my shop is a contractor so they they have their own you know they manage their own schedules they manage their own income they charge what they want to charge 
And so it's, you know, outside of actual like health department regulation and what is required of us by the county and by the state and by the federal government, there isn't a whole lot that I can legally require contractors to do. So, um, so because of that, they have the freedom to do more or less whatever they want to do with their own clientele and their own business. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, the cost of, of having that freedom is you don't have things like benefits. So you don't have paid time off or sick days or um, insurance that's provided by your uh, employer. There, so there aren't any things like that. There's no holiday pay. Um, so you can make your own schedule but you're not really getting like a lot of the benefits of working in a more conventional employer employee situation. Mm -hmm. So you eat what you hunt essentially. Um, yes. So, okay. Awesome. Um, I want to kind of go back a little, learn a little bit about your history. So how did you get, how did you get first interested in the tattooing industry and why did you decide to go in it? This, yeah. This, this so... story always fascinates me. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I was pretty hooked on the alternative lifestyle in general. So when I was like a kid, I was more fascinated by the darker side of things. <laughs> so I was more interested in counterculture and going against the grain. And I never really felt like a conventional nine to five job was really for me. Um, but I'm also highly adaptable, so it never, so I was always like, I'll just figure out what I'm going to do and it'll be fine. And so mm -hmm. I went to undergrad and I got my bachelor's in psychology with my emphasis on research methods and statistics. So that was what I thought was going to be my life. I wanted to work in the lab and study the human brain and you know, the human behavior really. And so that's kind of like where I started. And I was kind of doing art on the side, like just doing paintings, nothing really serious. It was more of a hobby. But throughout that time from when I was, I mean, I've been getting tattooed since I was 16 years old. So I was getting heavily tattooed very quickly. So my relationship with the industry albeit separate from my professional life at the time, was I was still really interested in body modification in general and in just like the counterculture in general and particularly getting as many tattoos as quickly as possible. So uh, when I turned 18, I started getting very heavily tattooed very fast. I got both of my arms fully tattooed. I got my chest fully tattooed. I started getting my hands and fingers tattooed pretty quickly. And, um, you know, my legs and my, you know, everything that I could get my hands on to get tattooed, I did. And so I had been involved in the industry by being a client for so long, so consistently. So I'd been tattooed by all sorts of artists. I originally, um, I grew up in Minnesota, so I had been tattooed by a bunch of people in that area. And then when I moved to Colorado, I started getting tattooed by a bunch of people in the Colorado area. And basically the way that it kind of works is if you hang out enough in a shop, then the people who are working there will start to remember you and recognize you and see that you care about the industry because you want to be part of it, you know, by being a client, but still being part of it. So I had worked a couple of events for other tattoo shops, just sort of helping assist um, during, you know, some, some tattoo events that some shops, shops were throwing here and there. And um, then I sort of got really lucky 
and was at the right place at the right time. So I had been getting tattooed by the same artist for like six years and she started doing art night at the at the shop. So she would shut down the shop uh, for one evening a week and we would all just, she would have an open door and people could come in and paint or draw or write and we would mostly just sit around and talk about like philosophy or politics just kind of like a very like academic like setting while also like eating grapes and drawing and painting and so she then became more familiar with my artistic ability and she happened to be looking for an apprentice at the time so she asked me I'm, the long and short of it is she asked me if I was interested in learning how to tattoo and I said that I wasn't sure that I needed to think about it because I already had another sort of career and then I was like this is so silly not to take this you yeah. should take it for sure <laughs> so um so I did and I had then I just had an apprenticeship and did that for about a year and a half before making the jump to actual tattooer and yeah cool so yeah, that's what i was going to ask you next like how would anybody become a tattooer is it is, it, is do we need do you guys need any credentials or anything like that and if they're, are there like tattooing schools um yeah so there are there are credentials that you need to work in a tattoo shop depending on what county you're working in so there are county rules there are state rules and there are federal rules and most of the differences are between counties so in order to work in um, the county that i work in you do not need to be licensed as an individual you do need to be licensed um the shop that you work in needs to be licensed but you personally do not need to be licensed and then you have to have most um at least all states that i'm aware of you have to be trained in bloodborne pathogens so that is a course or series of courses that you take um, in person or virtually and those need to be renewed once per year and i believe that's pretty consistent at least in um, the state of Colorado, but most other places I've looked at, you need to have some sort of bloodborne pathogens training and you need to um, renew that once per year. And then you need to have, at least in, um, in my county, you also have to have your hepatitis B vaccine or you need to sign a waiver saying that you understand that hepatitis B is a particularly dangerous pathogen that you are at risk for contracting as a tattooer and you understand that risk and you are not going to get the vaccine um and so those are the credentials that you need to be a tattooer um and then obviously the place you're working in needs to be approved by the health department and they do routine inspections once per year as well but for for the individual that's all you really need in um, my county um and a traditional apprenticeship is where you are working with an experienced tattooer alongside them for however long you have sort of the two of you have decided it's it's really tricky because it's a mostly unregulated industry so all of it depends on the person teaching and the person learning and where you're trying to get to and how quickly you want to get to it so all of those things kind of kind of work together to um to create the apprenticeship and it's all very personal to the people who are in it so i know some places they have their apprenticeships for you know upwards of five years and some places will do their apprenticeship. For me, it was only about a year, year and a half. And, you know, why is there the difference between those two? I couldn't really say because <laughs> because I did my path and other people um, 
think that you know there's there's a lot more that needs to be taught or i don't know i wouldn't know <laughs> but um but a lot of that is learning how to do the actual technique of tattooing and it's learning how to keep the shop clean how to keep yourself safe how to keep your clients safe and how to manage clients how to make your schedule how to do designs that can actually be transferred onto onto skin mm -hmm. and so there's a ton to learn and um, that's why having an apprenticeship with a person who can teach you is very important now there are some tattoo schools i am not very familiar with them if i'm honest I know that they exist and I know that some places the legislation is leaning more towards requiring those things for people to be licensed. Um, but I don't know much about it since it's state by state. And state. so I know that those exist and there are also expedited courses that you can take that some tattooers offer people who are interested in getting in the industry where they learn in six weeks 10 weeks 12 weeks um sort of uh an expedited version of an apprenticeship um but that is those those methods outside of a traditional apprenticeship which is the first thing i described to you can be viewed as not really enough to teach somebody how to tattoo and there is a significant amount of stigma in the industry against the schools and the classes in particular so mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it's an unregulated industry so there's a lot of variety of paths that people take to get into it i see so i you did the apprenticeship route, and if someone were to do that route, just like you, um, I guess you just have to kind of know tattooers and just talk to them, um, become friends with them and stuff. Is that kind of the route? It's definitely what I would suggest someone do. I would say that getting tattooed by the people that you're interested in learning from is really important so if you don't know how a tattooer does a tattoo then how would you know if you want to tattoo like that person so it's really important to know like what you're getting into and to 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 understand the person who you want to work with it's good to know that they that their beliefs and values and technique and the way they talk to clients is something that you would want to also do. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that would be what I would say is the first step is get as many tattoos as you can. And, um, you know, that's kind of really the first step. And I know that that's an expensive first step for a lot of people because tattoos are not inexpensive. Um, but it is also like, if you're not interested in getting a lot of tattoos, then your clients aren't necessarily going to trust your experience as being a client, being in their shoes. So getting as many tattoos as possible as quickly as possible from as many people as you can is a really good way of gaining knowledge of the industry without being directly in it as someone who's you know profiting from it and being an actual tattooer or piercer or you know any any type of modification like that so that is what i would say is is really the first step is is building a relationship with a shop or an artist and you know showing that you want to be there and that you want to be involved in the industry either by you know hopefully the the beginning of your own career in it but um also as just having tattoos and being tattooed because that really is the core 
um, is that it that's where it came from people wanting to be tattooed and um, and then learning how to do it themselves because they loved it so much. Mm -hmm. I know I haven't seen a tattoo artist that didn't have tattoos. <laughs> or <laughs> exactly. Like that, that only had like one or two. Most tattoo artists I've seen, they're like, it's all full. I've never seen yeah. a tattoo that only had like a couple. Yeah, um, exactly. There might, maybe there might be if they're early on, but mm -hmm. anyway. I want to kind of move to the next question about um, how much you can make potentially. I know you said it's um, it it varies a lot because you're essentially a 1099 employee or a contractor. Mm -hmm. But I know my tattoo artist was charging me like a hundred bucks an hour. But obviously, sure. you're not doing that for eight hours straight every day, right? But, um. So what in general as like uh just I guess it's hard to tell the average but can you just speak on how much you can make as a tattoo artist um I know sure. it's a very hard question to answer it's so very... <laughs> yeah I mean it really varies based on everything from your own skill level to where in the world you're living and you know the cost of living where you are you know, being in America, especially, we're very lucky to be able to sort of set our own pricing and we can sort of dictate what we want to make based on what we want to charge for our hourly rate. So my hourly rate is 165, but how much money of that am I actually making? So, you know, it's not just $165 for and hours of work going into my pocket. So we're looking at, you know, again, the the sort of curse of being a contractor is we have to buy all of our materials. We have to pay rent for the spaces we're using. We have to pay, you know, sort of pay for our off time. So if you take time off, if you take holiday leave or sick leave, or if you have children and you can't work, you know, an eight hour day because you have to support your kids mm -hmm. um, or, you know, something like that. So so we're talking about so let's let's talk about one hundred dollars an hour. Um, we'll, we'll we'll use that as an example. So if, if you're if you're charging someone one hundred dollars for the tattoo, let's say you then are paying for, um, you know, you have to then pay for your materials. So let's say, you know, so there's a percentage that gets taken off of that $100 for the materials that you're using. Um, and, you know, that includes the space you're working in. If you're a shop owner, that includes, you know, your utilities and, you know, electricity and insurance. Um, as an independent contractor, you have to have your own insurance um, because since you're not working for somebody they can't insure you because you're not their employee so you have to have your own insurance if that's something that you care about um you have to pay for your own health insurance so that comes into mm -hmm. play and then you have to take taxes into account as well so a percentage of whatever you're making goes directly to the government also so that hundred dollar tattoo is probably not actually that much going into the tattooer's pocket you know after all of those things are taken out then you know maybe the tattooer only makes like 50 dollars or 30 dollars depending mm -hmm. on their situation so the amount of the so a lot of people see how expensive tattoos are and they're like oh my god like that's so much money that i'm paying for this thing <laughs> and if you actually break down how much everything else costs, you know, you have to buy the inks and the needles and the bandaging and, you know, all of the things going into procedure. And then you're talking, you know, then you're not even counting your drawing time and your, um, you know, emails, the, the kind of administrative portion of your day, which is a significant portion of it, probably. Um, you know, you're not getting paid for that. So, you know, that perhaps is going into that $100 if you want to actually break it down. 
Um, yeah, and then it's just a, a certain percentage that goes right to the government in taxes that everybody pays um, quarterly or once a year or whatever. Um, so, you know, tattooers aren't actually making that $100 an hour or $165 an hour. Um, so that's something that I know that not a whole lot of like people consider when they're looking at the pricing of tattoos. Mm -hmm. um, it took me about three years from my apprenticeship until that three-year mark to be making what I would consider a livable wage. So not necessarily living paycheck to paycheck. It, it took me about three years to get to that point and uh, where I could be comfortable with the amount of money that I was making. So it takes time to like build up your own skill and clientele and like knowledge about how much things are gonna cost you before you can get to that point. And you know, that's different for everyone. That's, that's just my experience, but it's, um, it definitely took time to be able to live comfortably. <laughs> So, um, so once I, you know, but the, the amount of money that tattooers can make, I mean, I probably made negative dollars the first year that I was in it because I was spending money on materials and not getting money back. Um, you know, I was making money, but not nearly as much as I was spending on the materials, but that's, that was fine because I knew that I was kind of locked in for life and that eventually it would pay itself off, which it did luckily. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are some tattooers that are charging a lot of money for their tattoos and because their skill is so good and their tattoos are unbelievable, um, you know, really shaping the art form and making work that is just incredible that I wouldn't even know how to draw something like that on paper, you know, no less tattoo it on skin. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know how much money those people are making, but I can assume, I can assume and would hope that they're very comfortable because they deserve it um, mm -hmm. after, you know, working that hard and having that amount of skill. So, um, but it really ranges. I mean, probably there are people who are if you're not super good and you have really put in the time but you know the skill just isn't there or you know you're living in a part of the country where it's difficult to be successful in this industry um you know that's that i i don't even know and it like breaks my heart to think about it but it would be hard to make money in that type of environment i can imagine mm -hmm. but um yeah it really ranges all over the place <laughs> mm -hmm. cool cool yeah i didn't even think about all that <laughs> yeah um, yeah and also you have to think about gas and like if they're driving to work and all that oh yeah because you'd have to so yeah. yeah i mean every literally everything like mm -hmm. everything that you're paying for i mean if you're really smart, you can claim those things as tax write-offs. So if you're take if you're really like keeping track of everything and you're making sure you're saving those receipts mm -hmm. and doing your taxes, then you can find ways to make it even out a little bit. <laughs> mm -hmm. But you know, if you're paying 20% or 30% of everything you make back in taxes that's not even money that you get to keep that just yeah. goes right back to the government. So, you know, if you're, if you're charging a hundred dollars and you have to give $30 of that to the government, then you have $70 and you have to buy your materials. And now that's $50 and you have to pay for your, um, for your car and just to get there, then that's $30. And then all of a sudden you're like, Oh wait, I didn't make any money from that. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, um, yeah, that's, that makes sense. It's everything gets cut into that. It um, does. Yeah. Next, I was going to ask you about what the future looks like in this industry from a person who's working and who is a shop owner. What are your thoughts as 
is within this industry? Yeah. Well, I've seen a huge swell in people who are doing these more alternative measure like these alternative paths of getting into the industry so people who like we talked about before are doing the schools or doing classes and i'm not sure what that means for the industry for like the people who are getting into it and i i definitely hope that there's a lessening of the traditional apprenticeship when it comes to the abuse that people can suffer in traditional apprenticeships and i'm hoping that because a lot of people are just done with it and they're not letting that behavior stand anymore i really hope that there is a huge shift in the way that apprenticeships are done and that they're done with more compassion and patience and just structure to get people into the industry instead of just using them as an emotional punching bag for you know being abused themselves in their own apprenticeship so i hope that that's where the entry into the industry changes now as we're getting into this sort of tech like technologically advanced and particularly AI portion of our lifespans, which is pretty fascinating and exciting. I think we're going to see a lot more um, like AI assisted or AI generated tattoo imagery that is then transferred onto skin by humans. So I hope that that is cool and not terrible. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of interesting things about AI in terms of generating art and reference that can be very helpful, but as we're seeing, there's a lot of pushback from the artistic community that's like, hey, like, this is taking away from, uh, from us, this is taking away from what we can do, and that's a problem. When it comes to the actual application, of tattoos on the skin i don't think that technology is going to be good enough to actually apply the tattoos onto skin without humans and i've seen a video of a tattoo machine being controlled via bluetooth tattooing someone's skin <laughs> it was probably vice or something that did the documentary and you know it was terrible <laughs> like, yeah. the tattoo turned out terrible oh. um so like that type of thing i think is a long ways off but not impossible like i'm sure mm -hmm. it happens but uh, uh, yeah i would like to say as a consumer i'm not letting a robot tattoo <laughs> or any of my awesome so, i love that for us that's great so, so that's one thing <laughs> Um, well, I mean, and there's also like tattooing, as long as human beings have existed, people have been changing their skin in a decorative way. Some of the oldest mummies that exist on this planet have been found to have tattoos on them. So this is an art form that will absolutely stand the test of time. I very much believe that humans like to adorn themselves. That's why we wear clothes. That's why mm -hmm. we change our hair. So I think that is here to stay. Um, but, you know, the actual form of tattooing as technology has changed and, you know, machines have changed in the way that we apply the actual tattoo ink into the skin. That is where I think we'll see some interesting stuff. Mm -hmm. So you know, as that stuff changes, I'm hoping that tattooers will be on board. Much like oil painting, you know, that's, or, you know, you could even argue um, like tempera paints that are like very, very old, like eggs mixed with um, pigment and painted on walls. And they're like, perfect, that'll stay. And it's just like there and disgusting, but still there um from like thousand you know hundred of year hundreds of years ago um 
there will always be someone who's willing to pay for an authentic experience. So even if technology is pushing tattoos into a more robotic and like automated system, kind of like the tattoos and like, um, there's like a movie that had it, whatever, it doesn't matter. But I think someone that there will always be people in the underground that want a genuine tattoo experience in an old style. Mm -hmm. So I think that the branches of tattooing will change and grow and become this bigger, more giant tree of technique and possibility, but the other styles will still be there. I mean, you can still get very traditional, sacred, ritualistic tattooing done in, you know, the Polynesian style. Um, you can, and, and even like Jap ancient Japanese tattooing, you can still go to Japan and get a very traditional experience. And those things have stood the test of time. And oh, wow. so I think that that will continue. There will just be more branches to the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Um, I only have a few more questions left, um, but what are some common misconceptions about your job or your career? Yeah, well, we kind of already touched on one about the, um, the money part. Mm -hmm. And I think that's definitely a misconception is just people don't think about all of the other things that go into the tattoo from a financial perspective. So that I think is a big misconception. Um, I think that another one is that like, that it's easy. <laughs> and that's something that I definitely didn't think when I first started, I was like, you know, I can do it. It'll be fine. Like I, I've gotten tattoos. I know how it works. Like I can figure it out. It took me a very long time to be comfortable using a machine and it's still, I am still very uncomfortable a lot of the time. I'm still learning, you know, that's part of the beauty of being in a craft like this is there's no final mastery. Like you are always just continuing to learn and that's awesome and I'm stoked on that one. So um, yeah, it's not easy and some people think it's easy and it's really, really hard. <laughs> so I think that's a misconception. Um, and there was another one that was on my mind and it kind of flew away. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe that you can just like get into it as a hobby or yeah. like get into it as like a side project. Mm -hmm. In my experience, it's way too difficult to do unless you are fully dedicated unless you really want it more than anything. So that is like you, there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with this job and, you know, sacrificing relationships, time, friends, your own body. I mean, a lot of tattooers, like we have arthritis, we have back problems, like, cause we are like tense and like in contorted positions for 12 mm -hmm. hours a day. So I mean, our bodies, that's a huge toll. And so you really have to want it to be able to make it through all of that. Um, and then the biggest misconception, which is my favorite one, is that it is, there is no such thing as a tattoo gun. They are tattoo machines and they should be referred to as machines. <laughs> and there's, that is like a big tattoo or pet peeve is when someone refers to it as a gun because it's, it's not a gun, it's a machine. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, before we sign off, do you have any last minute advice for anybody who's interested in becoming a tattooer? Yes, I do. Um, don't let yourself be abused. If you are in a situation where you have been given an apprenticeship and you are feeling uncomfortable in a way where you're not feeling safe, get out. It doesn't matter how much you want it. If you put yourself in that position there, you know, that is a really hard hole to dig yourself out of. So don't let yourself be abused. 
you know, you, you have every right to leave or to say no, or to have your own dignity and just stand up for yourself. That's really important. And not a whole lot of people think that they can do that and you should do that. So that is definitely something that anyone who wants to be in the industry should know. Don't let yourself be abused. It's easy to fall into the trap of, oh, somebody gave me an apprenticeship, so I'm just gonna take it. Don't take it, just leave. You'll find your own way. If, you know, the, if it's right for you, you'll find another place, you'll find a better person. Don't let yourself be abused. So that's definitely a big one. And then the second would be, again, like I've said several times today, get as many tattoos as possible. There is so much you can learn from getting tattooed. I know it's expensive. I know it's a commitment, <laughs> but mm -hmm. that is how you will learn and you will understand more about the industry in general by just being a client. And that will be a huge way of getting your foot in the door is if you have a lot of tattoos already, that shows somebody that you care about this and you want to be involved in this more so than almost anything because you're mm -hmm. like well i've already given all my skin to it just teach me now <laughs> mm -hmm. awesome thanks rachel that is fascinating and awesome advice um thanks for thanks for joining me today and i hope you can keep your clients safe and happy and hope your business prospers and you could um do a lot and just help your clients thanks so much rachel Yes, thank you so much. Well, that was a wonderful episode. Thank you again, Rachel, for joining us. And if you're listening, I love you. Uh, I personally go to Rachel to get tattoos. She's great. I probably said this in the intro as well. Um, she's just the best. Anyway. Just to give you an overview or a summary of everything she mentioned about working in this industry. Um, so she has five years of experience and she's been a shop owner for the last year. And something she prides herself on is creating a safe space. And I think that is a huge takeaway if you're looking to be come into this industry. If someone's going to get a tattoo, they're in a very vulnerable position. So feeling safe, comfortable, secure is huge. Rachel does a fantastic job of that um so i think it's really important to highlight that as for a normal work-life balance um so she has long work days <laughs> uh she says she works about 12 hours a day and the credentials needed really vary so the credentials required to work in a tattoo shop depend on the county you're working in so there are county rules state rules and federal rules but you'll notice the biggest differences you'll find with those rules are in between counties. So for example, the county Rachel's in, she doesn't need to be licensed as an individual, but the shop needs to be licensed and that has to be renewed at least once a year. But if she were to go to a neighboring county, that could be different. She may have to be licensed as an individual. Um, something else that you would need is a hepatitis B vaccine, or you have to sign a waiver saying you understand you're at risk for contracting hepatitis B if you don't get the vaccine and you understand that risk. Education. So after you're working in the industry, you will need to take a bloodborne pathogen pathogens training, and that needs to be renewed at least once a year. But prior to becoming a tattoo artist, you have to go through an apprenticeship working, which is where you work with an experienced tattoo artist. Um, during your apprenticeship, you're learning techniques, how to keep the shop clean, keeping yourself and clients safe, managing schedules and all that nitty gritty administrative stuff, and also learning how to ensure you're making designs that are transferable to the skin. An apprenticeship varies in how long it lasts. It depends on where you are. Some places do it for five years and others can do it in as little as a year and a half. Rachel mentioned that there are some tattoo schools but she didn't personally go this route. She went the apprenticeship route, obviously. Um, and that's not required. Uh, the tattooing industry is a really unregulated industry, she mentioned. So there's a lot of ways to get into the industry. But she feels the best way to get started is to get a bunch of tattoos, 
do it. Tattoos are great. And build relationships with a shop staff or a specific arter or arter. Jeez, guys, sorry, can't talk. A specific artist or, you know, multiple people amongst the industry. That'll be the best way to get your foot in the door. And last but not least, the salary. So the salary varies depending on your skill level, where you live, and the cost of living in that area. It's something else to note with this is that you're technically a contractor when you are in this industry. So she mentions that in America, you can set your own pricing for hourly rates, but there's a handful of things that come out of that. So for example, her hourly rate is $165 an hour, but she's a contractor. So a percentage of that pay has to go to taxes. And as a contractor, that's something you physically have to do. It doesn't automatically happen. Um, You have to buy your own materials, you have to pay rent for the space you're using, and you have to pay for your own health insurance. So she has a three-hour tattoo. These are all costs that are factored into that total amount that gets paid. Another huge thing to know is that there's no vacation policy like you would find in a corporate industry. Uh, If you take time off, you're not getting paid, and that's that. And as uh, pretty similar with when you do administrative work. You don't get paid for that. So Rachel let us know that it took her about three years to make a livable wage where she wasn't living paycheck to paycheck. Um, Yeah, so that is a big thing to note. This industry seems, I mean, you're grinding for what you do, but if you're passionate about it, it seems very worth it and very rewarding. Sweet. So Being a tattoo artist. What were you going to say? No, it's, yeah, it was the same thing. Tattoo artist, and additionally, she owns a tattoo um, small Shop. business. Yeah. So she has she has um tattoo shop where there's two independent tattoo tattooers working in her little chair. Not little. I don't actually don't want, I don't know how big they are, but chairs where <laughs> they have, um, it's, it's almost like a 1099 or they're they're almost yeah. like their own little business themselves too. Yeah, they're like contractors. Yeah. Um, well, I would not be a tattoo artist or a shop owner. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have the artistic ability to draw things on people. Yeah. Or the I willpower mean, to start my own business. Yeah, we're UX product designers, but I'm not much of a artist like drawings yeah it's a different (laughs) (laughs) well i do like other creative things but yeah yeah like i paint i knit yeah Yeah. i I dance but i don't draw well if you want um tattoo of a user interface i can do that yeah i think i'll be able to do that but i don't i don't but I don't know about skin though. That's probably a total different yeah. game. Yeah, and it's long days, long hours. You get super up and close with people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And well, Rachel's great. I hope she never stops tattooing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you feel like that when you got tattoo, it's it, you felt more comfortable doing getting it from like Rachel? rather than mm-hmm. like anybody else yeah she's the only person i'll let to me not only because she's so talented but yeah she does create that safe environment mm-hmm. i truly yeah i stand by that yeah yeah that's i'm that's actually getting cause... a tattoo in november from her <laughs> yeah well, that's good because whenever i go check i have a tattoo too and whenever i went it, it felt really clean because what my misconception i don't know if i for me was a tattoo place is that they're all kind of like dingy and dark and dirty but <laughs> the ones in austin maybe <laughs> i don't know hey those are clean too but yeah they are the, the, so one, I got the, down there. The, the one i went to had like a he had like a netflix tv giant screen and i was just watching netflix the whole time Same. for like six hours straight oh Rachel doesn't have a big Netflix TV, but she has her personality. Yeah. Is yeah, are you good. just feel comfortable there to like be yourself, you're protected. 
don't know. Mm-hmm. I just go in there and I'm like, no one can get me here. So it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. If you could draw, would you do it? Let's say. If I mean, you could. I doodle, but I can't draw. Let's say you're like, you could draw like really well. Would you want? Yeah. People to do this. I would. Okay. But. That is a skill that it's too late for me to learn that. <laughs> I've I tried. Me, I don't. I said I would do it, but um, I think if I constantly go and try to get better as a tattooer, I don't know if I can do it for a really long time. Um, yeah, because I have a bad back. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to have back issues too. <laughs> so, so yeah. the ripe age of thirty-two. You're getting old. Yeah. Well, sweet. So that's a wrap of this episode of Beyond the Paychecks. A huge thanks to Rachel for opening up and sharing her journey with us. You can find her on Instagram at at Shield Maiden Tattoo. Um, that will be tagged in the description as well. Before we head out, we just want to say thanks to all you guys for tuning in. You guys are the reason we do this podcast. Your curiosity and support keeps us going. If you enjoyed today's episode and want more stories from all sorts of industries, hit subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word about the show to your friends. The main takeaway here is that every career path is one of a kind. We hope these chats spark inspiration and give you cool insights into the diverse world of work. Until next time, stay curious, stay motivated, and keep exploring the awesome stories of everyday people. I'm Ashley. And I'm Peter, and thanks for listening to Beyond the Paychecks. Bye.